Well, good to be back again uh, this year. How about John chapter 9? Let's go ahead and jump right in. I like the, uh, I like the, uh, the emphasis of this conference. Seems to me there's an emphasis here uh, on, uh, on God. You say, well, isn't that everywhere? It should be. Uh, there's an emphasis here on God, uh, on our spirit, our heart. Uh, I, I feel that's the great benefit of this meeting. Usually that's the benefit for me, uh, is that uh, God will uh, show me some things about myself and, and um, show me some things about him. And I, I, I just like that. I, I, I like that emphasis. I, I like the words of the songs. Uh, I like it because I feel that God likes it too. And uh, I just think that's a good thing to do. Uh, I've been in Thailand now for about uh, eight years. And uh, it's an Asian custom. You learn over time the customs of the people. It's an Asian custom when you, when you come to see old friends that you bring them a gift. And uh, so I've arrived here tonight uh, with a very dangerous Asian flu. And uh, it's, uh, I've brought it to you from a long way away. And uh, it's my gift to all of you here tonight. So God protect you and help you, uh, particularly those in the first three rows. All right. Uh, John chapter nine. Uh, I get to be the first preacher tonight, which means I get to to give you uh, a, a thought, something and then move out of the way, and I know who's coming, and I'm looking forward to uh, to the second preacher, uh, Lord willing. John chapter 9, uh, let's read the first three verses, or you follow along as I do. I'll probably ask you to turn maybe three places tonight, and I'll be done. Uh, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master... Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Uh, Nothing is ever accidental uh, with God. Nothing is ever just sort of coincidental. It's never like that. God always has a plan and a purpose. Uh, I happen to believe everything that God ever created has a distinct purpose. Uh, I don't know what all those purposes are for everything, uh, but nothing is ever accidental. And so when you kind of read here and and you see Jesus with the disciples and they they just just sort of just sort of come across somebody here. it's more than that. And uh, they, uh, the disciples, as they looked at him, uh, they, their thinking was normal for the day. <clears throat> the question they asked was not out of sync with how, how people of the day viewed things. And I'd even suggest it's probably not out of sync with how we, how we look at things. And uh, so they, they say to him, they say, well, you know, uh, obviously, if a man has an inability to see, then uh, surely no good thing could come of that. Uh, so what was the cause? Uh, if he, if he, if he uh, Jesus, as long as we're here and uh, you've been teaching us, and so let's talk about him. 
uh, he can't see, and, uh, you know, that's bad. Uh, what did he do wrong? Was it, was this, what was his sin? Was it something he did? Although we were talking about it, and some of us were wondering, maybe, maybe it wasn't a bad thing he did. Maybe it was a bad thing his parents did. And so could you tell us which one it is that has caused him to arrive at this place in his life, well, he was born that way, where he has an inability to see? And uh, their conclusion is this. Uh, there is never any good reason uh, why, you, why you can't see. That if you can't see, something must be wrong. If you have an inability to see, well, that can only be bad. And uh, it's kind of a strange conclusion, uh, but a very human one. And uh, Jesus says, well, it's none, none of these things. It's not, it's not as you were thinking. And uh, he says this in verse number three. The reason that he can't see is that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And uh, if this was just a passing blind man that they healed and and if that was said and that was the end of it and they walked on, well, you'd receive it as it was that. But, you know, when Jesus said that the works of God should be made manifest in him, this fellow takes up the rest of John chapter 9. Uh, of the 21 chapters in this book, this chapter 9 just is just about him. It's just about what he said and what happened to him and what people did to him. And, and uh, it's, just, it's just about him. And it's true. It's true that his inability to see was not because he'd done something wrong. His inability to see was not because somebody else had done something wrong. In fact, it was deliberate of God. It was chosen of God that he should not be able to see because God had a higher purpose involved here. And God was looking at that and the disciples were reasoning like I think we reason. Well, if you can't see it, and, uh, you know, if you just have an inability to see, something's wrong. You know, something, it's got to be me, or uh, or it's got to be someone here, or, or you know, maybe I didn't learn enough, or I'm not wise enough, or I don't, you know, something, there's a problem. It has to be a problem. It can't be, it can't ever be good that I can't see. But actually, it was quite deliberate of God. And uh, the plan here was, notice that Jesus said, that the works of God, and he didn't say this, that the works of God, he, this, this man has this condition that the works of God might be manifested, uh, here before us. He didn't say that. He said that the works of God would be manifested in him. His inability to see was going to connect him with a significant work of God. And we often think that's an incompatibility. That if you can't see, well, well, what can you do? And it's almost like you feel weakened and you feel like I'm stumbling and, and, uh, you know, I, I should be better at my job than this and I ought to be a better Christian and maybe I don't know enough Bible, but, but actually there are, there are occasions where it is the will of God that you have an inability to see. Oh, so I don't think there's ever, no, that, that, the works of God should be manifest in you. You know, we want the works of God 
And we, we and I, I think you want God to work in you. You want that to happen. But it's, it, it, we go to God and we already have an idea of how how that would take place. We are and, and usually the idea it's kind of according to to our program, and we say we kind of think, well, this you know this would be good. This would be really good if God would do this and and do this. And then sometimes God said, yeah, I am going to use you. I am I am going to do something that is really going to manifest God. And like this man, I'm, I'm going to get you into some places that you never thought you'd go. And I'm going to have you get to speak to some people that you never thought you'd speak to. But it's not going to come the way you think it was going to come. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to remove your ability to see. You're not even going to be able to work it out. You, I'm not going to give you the ability to be able to work it out. And uh, like the disciples, you know, initially, well, no, no, what is that? And yet are we not told? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. But actually, we rather walk by sight. We, we, we walk by faith and not by sight, yet nothing alarms us more than the inability to see. No, nothing shakes us more than I can't see my way out of this. Or I can't, I can't see my way into this. In fact, I can't see it all. And that's very disturbing, but not to God, only to us. We put, we put a premium on sight, and God doesn't put that premium on sight. Because sight comforts us. So, sight is our ability to uh, keep it under control. Sight, sight helps us to just draw on the well of our wisdom. And a sight fits kind of okay. But take that away from me. And we think like they think, oh, no good thing could come from this. But actually, it's something that God frequently uses. Uh, look over in uh, Acts chapter 9. Oh, you see, I'm starting to connect this. That's good. Acts chapter 9. There's a, a, a picture here of another that you know. And uh, we'll pick up perhaps from verse number 3, talking about Saul. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And that, that light from heaven, Jesus was going to speak from that. And, uh, and uh, that light, the end result of that, and we'll, we'll get to it, but the, the end result of that is that in verse 8 and 9, Saul loses his ability to see. The end result of his encounter with Christ is that he loses his own ability to see. Verse number four, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. There's a pattern there, by the way, that, that, that occurs a lot when God shows up. Hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand. And brought him into Damascus. 
And he was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. Uh, Confident, self-assured, successful Saul has been walking by sight and not by faith. Uh, Saul, 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 Saul would, Saul would, would end these verses being led by another. Saul started these verses leading others on a mission. Confident, certain, acting for God. Uh, gonna take care of this thing. Uh, knew where he was going, knew what he was doing. And, uh, and God, God comes along and, uh, God takes away his ability to see. God takes away his sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And God takes away his sight. And you know, when God, when, when, when a man has an inability to see, something very interesting takes place. With his inability to see, he gets a heightened ability to hear. With his inability to see, he gets a heightened ability to touch. And that's common for people who cannot see. And what God is doing here, he removes, he removes Saul's ability to see and suddenly Saul develops a very acute sense of hearing. Saul develops a very acute sense of being touched. Now, before, he was not responding well to the pricks. Before, God was doing a little touching, but he wasn't responding to that. It's clear, God, by, by, by the word of the Lord, we know that something was already going on in his life, but he, but he wasn't getting it. He, wasn't, he, he, he remained confident all, self-assured, knowing where he's going, knowing what needs to be done. Walking by sight, walking by uh, the wisdom of Saul, and God removes his sight, and uh, now when he can't see, he begins to hear very well. And God would rather you hear than be able to see. God is not overly concerned at your inability to see if that gives you a heightened sense to listen. You already instinctively know that it works that way. I was watching tonight as uh, some of, the, some of the, the music was going on and people were singing, and this is what I saw numbers of you do, and I've done it many times myself, and maybe you haven't even asked yourself why you do it, but I saw numbers of you do this, the music was going on, and they were singing and you did this. You closed your eyes. What? Why did you close your eyes? Because I just want to hear. I just want to hear. I don't, I don't want the visual to distract me. I just want to hear. And you instinctively know it works like that. That, that, and sometimes someone will say something or you'll hear something and you'll, you'll do this. And you close your eyes. Why do you close your eyes? Because when you lose that ability to see, 
everything begins to focus right here. You, your hearing becomes quite acute. And, uh, and, uh, and suddenly, the only thing going on is what I'm listening to. And, 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 and you just tune into that. And I'm saying to you tonight that God does that sometimes in a Christian's life. He certainly does it sometimes in the life of a leader, where uh, God will take away uh, your ability to see. And when that happens, that's very uh, rattling to your self-confidence, particularly when others are looking to you. And, uh, and, and uh, before, you've always led the way. I, I recall... Um, I recall uh, the uh, <clears throat> just before I went to Thailand, I was pastoring in Australia and uh, I'd been pastoring there for a number of years by the uh, good favor and the grace of God. And, uh, and uh, you know, things had progressed okay and uh, had kind of reached the point where uh, we had uh, subdued most of the big battles and, and, and it was kind of going in a good direction. And uh, it just seemed that, you know, uh, as the leader at that time, that uh, God would just uh, always show me the next thing to do and the next thing to do. And I, I was never a guy for planning out a five-year plan or anything like that, but but God would just always show me what to do. And and uh, as the church was maturing and, and getting to a different place, well, there were different needs and perhaps different direction. And then there were some things that we were now ready for to do as a local church that maybe we were not ready for before. And God would just always show me that. He just just show me that. And and I I remember distinctly. It was something I I I had not experienced it before. I did not understand what I'm preaching to you tonight. And I remember getting to the point where God took away my ability to see. And and here and then here I was thinking, okay, uh, next year. And by this time we had a certain momentum, and and men were looking to me and. And some other men were talking about relocating to be here with us. And, and, and you know, you, outwardly you keep your composure. Out, outwardly you, you, you want to act like it's all okay. And, and uh, that's right, you know, just follow me and, and I'll follow the Lord and we'll all go in this thing together. But God took away my ability to see. And, out, and I, didn't, I didn't want to tell anyone that. I, I didn't think people would feel good about following a leader who couldn't see where he was going. And so I just try to, uh, you know, bluff my way through. And, uh, and uh, people would come in excited about next year and where we were going. And, and I'd just, amen. And, and uh, they'd say, preacher, we just know that, you know, God's going to keep leading. And we've got exciting things. Ahead. Well, <laughs> amen. Really, I'm going, I have no idea what's going on right now. So, so what, 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 was that, what was that all about? Well, I struggled with it. I really did. I, 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 rang, I rang up my friends in the ministry, <coughs> rang up Brother Bax and said, so, Brother, how's it going? I was going, great. And, uh, and uh, how about for next year? Oh, mate, God's just shown me we need to take the church to here. And, oh, it's great. It's great. And, uh, and, uh, and what about you, he'd say. So, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, hmm? Yes, okay. So, so what's, what's, the, what's the plan? Where do you think you're heading? Oh, you know. And really, I had no idea. And it was really awkward. And, and, it, and I'm telling you, it disturbed me. And I, I knew something had happened. And my first, my first instinct was, what have I done wrong? That immediately, okay, 
This, look, not being able to see like this when you're leading can only be bad. So what have I done wrong? This is John chapter 9. What have I done wrong? Okay, okay. Well, if it wasn't me, it's got to be someone near me. It's got to be someone around me. It's got, maybe, maybe, maybe Aiken's in the midst and I didn't know or, you know, because if you can't see him, this must be a bad thing. And, and, uh, and I, I can remember agonizing over that and not being able to share it and wanting to sound confident. And, and honestly, I, I'd get to the church late at night when no one was there and I'd walk the property and I'd be walking the property trying to plan and think, okay, what's coming next? Okay. The next thing. Okay. Okay, just, and it was just like, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And it shook me. It, it really, it just, it, it shook my confidence. It, it made me feel weak. It made me feel, I didn't know what to do. But I'll tell you one thing I did do. When I couldn't see, my hearing started to become very acute. When I couldn't see, I stopped trying to see and I really started listening because I was already like this. And when this wasn't helping, I really began to listen. So what happened? God was saying, Thailand, Thailand, Is it hard for thee to kick against the bricks? Thailand, we've had this discussion before. You haven't been listening. And it was deliberate. So what happened? What happened was it brought me to this place. What would thou havest me to do, Lord? And God said, Thailand. God had deliberately impaired my sight to get me to listen. God was not concerned about my inability to see. God was concerned about my reluctance to listen. And so God just did some things to get me to just do this and just listen. And there's a pattern there that God will often do that to get you to listen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Yet we walk by sight far too much. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. But don't tell me I can't see. Now what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to walk by faith. And you're supposed to listen. And uh, and that's that's exactly what happens here. And now Saul is listening. And now, not only is his uh, hearing much more acute... He can be touched a lot easier now in that, in that weakness, in that, in that when your sight is gone, uh, he's not kicking against the pricks anymore. Now, now, now he's, he's quite responsive to God. I'm going to tell you when a, when a, when a man gets to that place in his life, when a Christian gets to that place in their life where, where, where their, their sight is no longer helping them, you know what? They become a whole lot easier to lead. And that's what happened here. In verse number eight, they led him by the hand. No fighting, no wrestling. Before he was leading them. Now, now he's just, you go ahead, lead me. It doesn't matter where we're going. 
because I can't see. So you just lead. Tell you what I'll do. I can't see. So I'll just listen and I'll just sort of hang on and you just lead. And that's what God wants you to do. That's what God wants you to do. You can fight the things. I, I, I can't see. I, I don't know what's, I just, I just, and you can wrestle with that and you can wrestle for a long time if God is deliberately putting that on you. And God is saying, I, I don't care. I don't care to give you sight. I want you to listen. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Let me take my hand. Where are we going? Does it matter? No, no, it doesn't matter. Just, just take my hand. And uh, that's what God would have you to do. And there's a pattern there. Oh, we want the works of God to be manifest in us. But we want to be able to see and work it all out and strategize it all and plan it all and, and, and calendar it all and, and understand it all. And you know what? You, 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 you sounding more like Saul than Paul. Uh, last, uh, last passage, Deuteronomy chapter four. And, uh, uh, there's just a pattern here. It's just, and it reveals to you something about God. It just, it just, it just shows you the a way that, that, you know, some of the things that we get very distressed about are not distressing to God. You know, we pray, Oh God, I want you to use me. And then when he does, we start saying, what's happening? What's, what's going on? What's, what, what have I done wrong? You haven't done anything wrong. He's leading you. I I can't see. Lots of people couldn't see. It doesn't seem to bother God all that much. But are you listening? Can you hear? Oh, listen. A man who can't see. Blind blind people are very good at hearing things. They'll hear things that you don't hear. You know why they hear it? Their life depends on it. And when that, that sight thing gets restricted, you become very dependent on, you listen really carefully. And you'll develop that. What would thou have me to do, Lord? Whatever it is. Thailand. Okay. 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 Was it hard for thee to kick against the bricks? You listen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, they are rehearsing <coughs> before the people. God's speaking to them previously. Look at uh, verse number 10. Verse number 10. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear... I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live upon the earth and that they may teach their children. The plan of God when they gathered together like that, the intent of God is said very clearly here. It was that he wanted them to hear what he was going to say to them. Now, I'm going to verse number 12. Verse number 11 talks about them coming to the mountain that was burning with fire. Verse number 12, 
And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Now notice the next phrase because it's kind of repeated twice. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude. Emphasis, only you heard a voice. That was, that was, that was orchestrated by God. You, you, you didn't see, but you could hear. You heard the voice. Uh, again, uh, verse number 15, uh, take ye therefore good heed, good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. He said, God, God, it wasn't about sight. It was about hearing and listening. That's what God wanted you to do. God, 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 God didn't want to show you something. God wanted you to listen and hearken to something. And, and there's just a, a, a pattern there. Now, he does go on to say, he said, you didn't see any similitude. And he warns them in verse number 16, that they should not corrupt themselves by making any graven image. And, uh, and he warns them about that. Now, so, so what is that? Well, he's saying, look, it's not, it's not about you, uh, trying to make an image of the things you see. It's not about that. Man is to be in the image of God, but God must never be in the image of man. And the danger is when you walk by sight and when you see things, you start to create an image of God based on your sight, based on what you've seen happen, based on what you've seen happen for somebody else. And what you're doing, you're crafting your God and you're making an image of God and saying, this is God, this is God. This I've seen he, he does this and over here I saw he did this for this brother and I've seen he's done this and you make an image of God and God said don't don't do that D- don't use your sight to try to make an image of me don't don't do that you just listen to what I'm saying don't you worry about the seeing part uh, don't that close your eyes and listen and hearken and don't don't get caught up on that that shaping of God and and uh, making an image of God. And that's the danger of sight. Is that you can, you can, you can shape your God. And then you've, you've made an image of God. So oh, I'd never do that, but you do it mentally. And you make an image of God and that image will fail you. And then you become very disillusioned about God. But your disillusionment isn't with the real God. Your disillusionment is with the God you shaped yourself. Based on your own sight, the image that you made and you said was God. And don't do that. Let God shape you, but don't you shape God. Let, let God work in you, but don't you make images of God. And he warns him. He warns him about, about doing that. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Not by sight. Sight is mostly me. Faith is everything him. 
Faith is you lead me, it doesn't matter. As long as I got your hand, wherever we're going will be okay. Lord, what would that have me to do? I can't see, but you know, I'm finding my ears working real well right now. Just, just tell me. Just, I'm ready to listen. Okay, I, I don't want to try and work it out anymore. I've tried and I can't. I've done my best. I've paced the property and I've gone around and Lord, I've bluffed my way through and, and I've tried to act self-assured and confident when inside I'm weak and trembling and uncertain. God, I can't see. Good. Now you're ready to listen. Now you're ready to listen. Uh, the end of the, the end, uh, well, not the end, but verse number 29 of that chapter. <coughs> we'll finish with this. <clears throat> but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. You don't have to see God to seek God. In fact, your sight will often be a hindrance. There's nothing stopping you as you've come here now to be that verse. He goes on to say in verse number 30, when thou art in tribulation, in your time of trouble, and maybe, maybe like many of us in your time of trouble, you, you've tried to work it out, to, to see your way through, to draw on your own what you had. And uh, God is saying, it's time just to listen and come after me. The promise of God is even in the time of tribulation, even in your time of trouble, even when you can't see, God is still right there. In fact, the closer he is, the more restricted vision you might be having. That's what happened to Paul. But you should have a heightened sense of listening. He may touch you sometime here. He may touch you about something he already was touching you about. But you weren't so responsive. He may touch you. This time the pricks may prick. And you might say, even here, Lord, what would thou havest me to do? I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to listen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the uh, simplicity but profundity of the word of God. Uh, Lord, it's, uh, it is an unending, unceasing wonder to understand you and understand your ways. Lord, so often we we think we're doing it right. And Lord, it's not through lack of sincerity, but it's just through lack of understanding. Lord, I pray for everyone here tonight. We walk by faith and not by sight. God, take our hand, lead us to where you'd have us to be. Tell us what you'd have us to do, give us ears to listen, to hear, to hearken. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, good to be back again uh, this year. How about John chapter 9? Let's go ahead and jump right in. I like the, uh, I like the, uh, the emphasis of this conference. 
seems to me there's an emphasis here uh, on uh, on God. You say, well, isn't that everywhere? It should be. Uh, there's an emphasis here on God, uh, on our spirit, our heart. Uh, I, I feel that's the great benefit of this meeting. Usually that's the benefit for me, uh, is that uh, God will uh, show me some things about myself and and um, show me some things about him. And I, I, I just like that. I, I, I like that emphasis. I, I like the words of the songs. Uh, I like it because I feel that God likes it too. And uh, I just think that's a good thing to do. Uh, I've been in Thailand now for about uh, eight years. And uh, it's an Asian custom. You learn over time the customs of the people. It's an Asian custom when you, when you come to see old friends that you bring them a gift. And uh, so I've arrived here tonight uh, with a very dangerous Asian flu. And uh, it, uh, I brought it to you from a long way away. And uh, it's my gift to all of you here tonight. So God protect you and help you. Uh, particularly those in the first three rows, all right? Uh, John chapter 9, uh, I get to be the first preacher tonight, which means I get to to give you uh, a, a thought, something, and then move out of the way. And I know who's coming, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to the second preacher, uh, Lord willing. John chapter 9 uh, let's read the first three verses, or you follow along as I do. I'll probably ask you to turn maybe three places tonight, and I'll be done. Uh, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Uh, Nothing is ever accidental uh, with God. Nothing is ever just sort of coincidental. It's never like that. God always has a plan and a purpose. Uh, I happen to believe everything that God ever created has a distinct purpose. Uh, I don't know what all those purposes are for everything, uh, but nothing is ever accidental. And so when you kind of read here and and you see Jesus with the disciples and they they just just sort of just sort of come across somebody here, um, it's more than that. And uh, they uh, the disciples, as they looked at him, uh, they their thinking was normal for the day. <clears throat> the question they asked was not out of sync with. How, how people of the day viewed things. And I'd even suggest it's probably not out of sync with how we, how we look at things. And uh, so they, they say to him, they say, well, you know, uh, obviously, if a man has an inability to see, then uh, surely no good thing could come of that. Uh, so what was the cause? Uh, if he, if he, if he uh, Jesus, as long as we're here and uh, you've been teaching us, and so let's talk about him. Uh, he can't see, and, uh, you know, that's bad. Uh, what did he do wrong? Was it, was this, what was his sin? Was it something he did? 
Although we were talking about it and some of us were wondering maybe, maybe it wasn't a bad thing he did. Maybe it was a bad thing his parents did. And so could you tell us which one it is that has caused him to arrive at this place in his life, well, he was born that way, where he has an inability to see? And uh, their conclusion is this. Uh, there is never any good reason uh, why, you, why you can't see. That if you can't see, something must be wrong. If you have an inability to see, well, that can only be bad. And uh, it's kind of a strange conclusion, uh, but a very human one. And uh, Jesus says, well, it's none, none of these things. It's not, it's not as you were thinking. And uh, he says this in verse number three. The reason that he can't see is that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And uh, if this was just a passing blind man that they healed and and if that was said and that was the end of it and they walked on, well, you'd receive it as it was that. But, you know, when Jesus said that the works of God should be made manifest in him, this fellow takes up the rest of John chapter 9. Uh, of the 21 chapters in this book, this chapter 9 just is just about him. It's just about what he said and what happened to him and what people did to him. And, and uh, it's, just, it's just about him. And it's true. It's true that his inability to see was not because he'd done something wrong. His inability to see was not because somebody else had done something wrong. In fact, it was deliberate of God. It was chosen of God that he should not be able to see because God had a higher purpose involved here. And God was looking at that and the disciples were reasoning like I think we reason. Well, if you can't see it and, uh, you know, if you just have an inability to see something's wrong, you know, something, it's got to be me or, uh, or it's got to be someone here or, or, you know, maybe I didn't learn enough or I'm not wise enough or I don't, you know, something, there's a problem. It has to be a problem. It can't be, it can't ever be good that I can't see, but actually it was quite deliberate of God. And uh, the plan here was notice that Jesus said, that the works of God, and he didn't say this, that the works of God, he, this, this man has this condition that the works of God might be manifested, uh, here before us. He didn't say that. He said that the works of God would be manifested in him. His inability to see was going to connect him with a significant work of God. And we often think that's an incompatibility. That if you can't see, well, well, what can you do? And it's almost like you feel weakened and you feel like I'm stumbling and, and, uh, you know, I, I should be better at my job than this and I ought to be a better Christian and maybe I don't know enough Bible, but, but actually there are, there are occasions where it is the will of God that you have an inability to see. Oh, so I don't think there's ever, no, that, that, the works of God should be manifest in you. You know, we want the works of God, and we, we and I, I think you want God to work in you. You want that to happen, but it, 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 we go to God, and we already have an idea of how how that would take place. We are, and, and usually the idea it's kind of according to 
to our program and we say, we kind of think, well, this, you know, this would be good. This would be really good if God would do this and, and do this. And then sometimes God said, yeah, I am going to use you. I am, I am going to do something that is really going to manifest God. And like this man, I'm, I'm going to get you into some places that you never thought you'd go. And I'm going to have you get to speak to some people that you never thought you'd speak to. But it's not going to come the way you think it was going to come. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to remove your ability to see. You're not even going to be able to work it out. You, I'm not going to give you the ability to be able to work it out. And uh, like the disciples, you know, initially, we think, well, no, no, what is that? And yet are we not told in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. But actually, we rather walk by sight. We, we, we walk by faith and not by sight, yet nothing alarms us more than the inability to see. No, nothing shakes us more than I can't see my way out of this. Or I can't, I can't see my way into this. In fact, I can't see it all. And that's very disturbing, but not to God, only to us. We put, we put a premium on sight and God doesn't put that premium on sight. Because sight comforts us. So, sight is our ability to uh, keep it under control. Sight, sight helps us to just draw on the well of our wisdom. And a sight fits kind of okay. But take that away from me and we think like they think, oh, no good thing could come from this. But actually, it's something that God frequently uses. Uh, look over in uh, Acts chapter 9. Oh, you see, I'm starting to connect this. That's good. Acts chapter 9, there's a, a, a picture here of another that you know. And uh, we'll pick up perhaps from verse number 3, talking about Saul. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And that, that light from heaven, Jesus was going to speak from that. And, uh, and uh, that light, the end result of that, and we'll, we'll get to it, but... The, the end result of that is that in verse 8 and 9, Saul loses his ability to see. The end result of his encounter with Christ is that he loses his own ability to see. Verse number 4, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man, there's a pattern there, by the way, that, that, that occurs a lot when God shows up. Hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Uh, confident, self-assured, successful Saul has been walking by sight 
and not by faith. Uh, Saul, 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 Saul would, Saul would, would end these verses being led by another. Saul started these verses leading others on a mission. Confident, certain, acting for God. Uh, gonna take care of this thing. Uh, I knew where he was going, knew what he was doing. And, uh, and God, God comes along and, uh, God takes away his ability to see. God takes away his sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And God takes away his sight. And you know, when God, when, 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 a, when a man has an inability to see, something very interesting takes place. With his inability to see, he gets a heightened ability to hear. With his inability to see, he gets a heightened ability to touch. And that's common for people who cannot see. And what God is doing here, he removes, he removes Saul's ability to see, and suddenly Saul develops a very acute sense of hearing. Saul develops a very acute sense of being touched. Now, before, he was not responding well to the pricks. Before, God was doing a little touching, but he wasn't responding to that. It's clear, God, by, by, by the word of the Lord, we know that something was already going on in his life, but he, but he wasn't getting it. He, wasn't, he, he, he remained confident all, self-assured, knowing where he's going, knowing what needs to be done. Walking by sight, walking by uh, the wisdom of Saul. And God removes his sight. And uh, now when he can't see, he begins to hear very well. And God would rather you hear than be able to see. God is not overly concerned at your inability to see. If that gives you a heightened sense to listen. You already instinctively know that it works that way. I was watching tonight as uh, some of, the, some of the, the music was going on and people were singing. And this is what I saw numbers of you do. And I've done it many times myself. And maybe you haven't even asked yourself why you do it. But I saw numbers of you do this. The music was going on and they were singing and you did this. You closed your eyes. What? Why did you close your eyes? Because I just want to hear. I just want to hear. I don't, I don't want the visual to distract me. I just want to hear. And you instinctively know it works like that. That, that, and sometimes someone will say something or you'll hear something and you'll, you'll do this. And you close your eyes. Why do you close your eyes? Because when you lose that ability to see, everything begins to focus right here. You, your hearing becomes quite acute. And, uh, and, uh, and suddenly, the only thing going on is what I'm listening to. And, 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 and you just tune into that. 
And I'm saying to you tonight that God does that sometimes in a Christian's life. He certainly does it sometimes in the life of a leader where uh, God will take away uh, your ability to see. And when that happens, that's very uh, rattling to your self-confidence, particularly when others are looking to you. And, uh, and, and uh, before, you've always led the way. I, I recall, um, I recall uh, the, uh, <clears throat> just before I went to Thailand, I was pastoring in Australia, and uh, I'd been pastoring there for a number of years by the a good favor and the grace of God. And, uh, and uh, you know, things had progressed okay and uh, had kind of reached the point where uh, we had uh, subdued most of the big battles and, and, and it was kind of going in a good direction. And uh, it just seemed that, you know, uh, as the leader at that time, that uh, God would just uh, always show me the next thing to do and the next thing to do. And I, I was never a guy for planning out a five-year plan or anything like that, but... But God would just always show me what to do. And, and uh, as the church was maturing and, and getting to a different place, well, there were different needs and perhaps different direction. And then there were some things that we were now ready for to do as a local church that maybe we were not ready for before. And God would just always show me that. He'd just, just show me that. And, and I, I remember distinctly, it was something I, I, I had not experienced it before. I did not understand what I'm preaching to you tonight. And I remember getting to the point where God took away my ability to see. And, and, here, and then here I was thinking, okay, uh, next year. And by this time, we had a certain momentum and, and men were looking to me and, and uh, some other men were talking about relocating to be here with us. And, and, and you know, you, outwardly, you keep your composure. Out, outwardly, you, you, you want to act like it's all okay and, and uh, that's right, you know, just follow me and and I'll follow the Lord and we'll all go in this thing together. But God took away my ability to see. And, how, and I, didn't, I didn't want to tell anyone that. I, I didn't think people would feel good about following a leader who couldn't see where he was going. And so I just tried to, uh, you know, bluff my way through. And, uh, and uh, people would come in excited about next year and where we were going. And, and I just, amen and... And uh, they'd say, preacher, we just know that, you know, God's going to keep leading and we've got exciting things ahead. Well, <laughs> amen. Really, I'm going, I have no idea what's going on right now. So, so what, what, what was that, what was that all about? Well, I struggled with it. I really did. I, I, I rang, I rang up my friends in the ministry, <coughs> rang up Brother Bax and said, so brother, how's it going? I was going great. And, uh, and, uh, how about for next year? Oh, mate, God's just shown me we need to take the church to here and, Oh, that's great. It's great. And, uh, and, uh, and what about you? He'd say, so well, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, hmm? Yes, okay. So, so what's, what's the, what's the plan? Where do you think you're heading? Oh, you know. <laughs> and really, I had no idea. And it was really awkward. And, and, it, and I'm telling you, it disturbed me. And I, I knew something had happened. And my first, my first instinct was, what have I done wrong? That immediately, okay, this, look, not being able to see like this when you're leading can only be bad. So what have I done wrong? This is John chapter 9. What have I done wrong? Okay, okay. Well, if it wasn't me, it's got to be someone near me. It's got to be someone around me. 
It's got maybe 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 Aikens in the midst, and I didn't know. Or, you know, because if you can't see him, this must be a bad thing. And and uh, and I, I can remember agonizing over that, and not being able to share it, and wanting to sound confident. And, and honestly, I, I'd get to the church late at night when no one was there, and I'd walk the property, and I'd be walking the property trying to plan and think, okay, what's coming next? Okay, the next thing. Okay. Okay, just, and it was just like, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And it shook me. It, it really, it, just, it, it shook my confidence. It made me feel weak. It made me feel, I didn't know what to do. But I'll tell you one thing I did do. When I couldn't see, my hearing started to become very acute. When I couldn't see, I stopped trying to see, and I really started listening. Because I was already like this. And when this wasn't helping, I really began to listen. So what happened? God was saying, Thailand, Thailand, is it hard for thee to kick against the bricks? Thailand, we've had this discussion before. You haven't been listening. And it was deliberate. So what happened? What happened was it brought me to this place. What would thou havest me to do, Lord? And God said, Thailand. God had deliberately impaired my sight to get me to listen. God was not concerned about my inability to see. God was concerned about my reluctance to listen. And so God just did some things to get me to just do this and just listen. And there's a pattern there that God will often do that to get you to listen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Yet we walk by sight far too much. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. But don't tell me I can't see. Now what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to walk by faith. And you're supposed to listen. And uh, and that's that's exactly what happens here. And now Saul is listening. And now, not only is his uh, hearing much more acute, he can be touched a lot easier now in that in that weakness in that in that when your sight is gone uh he's not kicking against the pricks anymore now now, now he's he's quite responsive to god i'm going to tell you when a when a when a man gets to that place in his life when a christian gets to that place in their life where 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 their their sight is no longer helping them you know what they become a whole lot easier to lead and that's what happened here in verse number eight, they led him by the hand. No fighting, no wrestling. Before he was leading them. Now, now he's just, you go ahead, lead me. It doesn't matter where we're going because I can't see. So you just lead. Tell you what I'll do. I can't see. So I'll just listen and I'll just sort of hang on and you just lead. And that's what God wants you to do. That's what God wants you to do. 
you can fight the things. I, I, I can't see. I, I don't know what's, I just, I just, and you can wrestle with that. And you can wrestle for a long time if God is deliberately putting that on you. And God is saying, I, I don't care. I don't care to give you sight. I want you to listen. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Let me take my hand. Where are we going? Does it matter? No, no, it doesn't matter. Just, just take my hand. And uh, that's what God would have you to do. And there's a pattern there. Oh, we want the works of God to be manifest in us. But we want to be able to see and work it all out and strategize it all and plan it all and, and, and calendar it all and, and understand it all. And you know what? You, 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 you're sounding more like Saul than Paul. Uh, last, uh, last passage, Deuteronomy chapter 4. And uh, uh, there's just a pattern here. It's just, and it reveals to you something about God. It just, it just, it just shows you the a way that, that, you know, some of the things that we get very distressed about are not distressing to God. You know, we pray, oh God, I want you to use me. And then when he does, we start saying, what's happening? What's, what's going on? What's, what, what have I done wrong? You haven't done anything wrong. He's leading you. Well, I, I can't see. Lots of people couldn't see. It doesn't seem to bother God all that much. But are you listening? Can you hear? Oh, listen. A man who can't see. A blind, blind people are very good at hearing things. They'll hear things that you don't hear. You know why they hear it? Their life depends on it. And when that, that sight thing gets restricted, you become very dependent on, you listen really carefully. And you'll develop that. What would thou have me to do, Lord? Whatever it is. Thailand. Okay. 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 Was it hard for thee to kick against the bricks? You listen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, they are rehearsing <coughs> before other people. God's speaking to them previously. Look at uh, verse number 10. Verse number 10. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear. I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live upon the earth and that they may teach their children. The plan of God when they gathered together like that, the intent of God is said very clearly here. It was that he wanted them to hear what he was going to say to them. Now, I'm going to in verse number 12, verse number 11 talks about them coming to the mountain that was burning with fire. Verse number 12, and the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Now notice the next phrase because it's kind of repeated twice. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude. Emphasis, only ye heard a voice. 
That was, that was, that was orchestrated by God. You, you, you didn't see, but you could hear. You heard the voice. Uh, again, uh, verse number 15, uh, take ye therefore good heed, good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spoke unto you in Horeb, out of the midst of the fire. He said, God, God, it wasn't about sight. It was about hearing and listening. That's what God wanted you to do. God, 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 God didn't want to show you something. God wanted you to listen and hearken to something. And, and there's just a, a, a pattern there. Now, he does go on to say, he said, you didn't see any similitude. And he warns them in verse number 16 that they should not corrupt themselves by making any graven image. And, uh, and he warns them about that. Now, so, so what is that? Well, he's saying, look, it's not, it's not about you, uh, trying to make an image of the things you see. It's not about that. Man is to be in the image of God, but God must never be in the image of man. And the danger is when you walk by sight and when you see things, you start to create an image of God based on your sight, based on what you've seen happen, based on what you've seen happen for somebody else. And what you're doing, you're crafting your God and you're making an image of God and saying, this is God, this is God. This I've seen, he, he does this, and over here I saw he did this for this brother, and I've seen he's done this, and you make an image of God, and God said, don't, don't do that. D- don't use your sight to try to make an image of me. Don't, don't do that. You just listen to what I'm saying. Don't you worry about the seeing part. Uh, don't, that, close your eyes and listen and hearken, and don't, don't get caught up on that, that shaping of God and, and uh, making an image of God. And that's the danger of sight. Is that you can, you can, you can shape your God. And then you've, you've made an image of God. So I'd never do that, but you do it mentally. And you make an image of God and that image will fail you. And then you become very disillusioned about God. But your disillusionment isn't with the real God. Your disillusionment is with the God you shaped yourself. Based on your own sight, the image that you made and you said was God. And don't do that. Let God shape you, but don't you shape God. Let, let God work in you, but don't you make images of God. And he warns him. He warns him about, about doing that. We walk by faith and not by sight. Not by sight. Not by sight. Sight is mostly me. Faith is everything him. Faith is you lead me, it doesn't matter. As long as I got your hand, wherever we're going will be okay. Lord, what would that have me to do? I can't see, but you know, I'm finding my ears working real well right now. Just, just tell me. Just, I'm ready to listen. 
Okay, I, I don't want to try and work it out anymore. I've tried and I can't. I've done my best. I've paced the property and I've gone around and Lord, I've bluffed my way through and, and I've tried to act self-assured and confident when inside I'm weak and trembling and uncertain. God, I can't see. Good. Now you're ready to listen. Now you're ready to listen. Uh, the end of the, the end, uh, well, not the end, but verse number 29 of that chapter. <coughs> we'll finish with this. <coughs> But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You don't have to see God to seek God. In fact, your sight will often be a hindrance. There's nothing stopping you as you've come here now to be that verse. He goes on to say in verse number 30, when thou art in tribulation, in your time of trouble, and maybe maybe like many of us in your time of trouble, you, you've tried to work it out, to, to see your way through, to draw on your own what you had. And uh, God is saying it's time just to listen. And come after me. The promise of God is even in the time of tribulation, even in your time of trouble, even when you can't see, God is still right there. In fact, the closer he is, the more restricted vision you might be having. That's what happened to Paul. But you should have a heightened sense of listening. He may touch you sometime here. He may touch you about something he already was touching you about. But you weren't so responsive. He may touch you. This time the pricks may prick. And you might say, even here, Lord, what would thou havest me to do? I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to listen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the... Uh, simplicity but profundity of the word of God. Uh, Lord, it's, uh, it is an unending, unceasing wonder to understand you and understand your ways. Lord, so often we, we think we're doing it right and Lord, it's not through lack of sincerity but It's just through lack of understanding. Lord, I pray for everyone here tonight. We walk by faith and not by sight. God, take our hand. Lead us to where you'd have us to be. Tell us what you'd have us to do. Give us ears to listen, to hear, to hearken. Father, I pray in Jesus' name.